Welcome aboard. Welcome back into TCM Pod. Chris Mathis, Spencer Mathis. Glad that you guys are back here with us after what was a crazy weekend across the National Football League with uh, some incredible storylines, including the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But even bigger than that, the fact that the Dallas Cowboys fell short to the Green Bay Packers at home. Mike McCarthy's job might be in jeopardy. Also, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, on the other side of that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got upset. A team that was once 10-1 and on the season, the team that competed in the Super Bowl last season, out in the first round in that wild card matchup there. A lot to get into. And a cu- uh, upcoming look at this weekend's games, too. We'll pick against the spread. We'll give our thoughts regarding the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Again, it's going to be an exciting edition of the TCM pod, and we'll continue to talk about NFL and maybe even some coaching situations across the league. But Spence, first and foremost, I know that we wanted to get into the Dallas Cowboys losing to the Green Bay Packers at home, which was something that really hardly anybody saw. 48-32, the final score. Jordan Love diced up the Dallas Cowboys uh, defense in that game. And again, the Philadelphia Eagles coming up short to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road here in Tampa Bay. Now the question is, and I know you kind of sparked this yourself, is which of these two was the biggest collapse in the National Football League this season of the two, the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I'm going to start with the Cowboys. Uh, I think it's now three years in a row where they've won 12 games and have not made it past the divisional round. This this year, of course, they're outed early on by the, uh, by the Packers. Uh, a huge blowout for them. They ended up scoring a t- two touchdowns and like two two-point conversions late in the game. But the final score could have been a, a 35 to 40-point victory for the Green Bay Packers. And I think it comes down to, in this game, coaching. Obviously, it looked like they were underprepared for what Jordan Love could do. A lot of crazy plays made by Jordan Love. But again, the Packers' defense was so bad this season that you would expect a team like Dallas, who has C.D. Lamb, uh, a great tight end as well, a, a, a pretty good running back in Pollard, and Dak Prescott, who had his best season as an NFL quarterback, you would expect them to go out there and put up 30-something points whenever the game mattered. Instead, when the game actually mattered, they really only put up 16 points. And the result of that game, I think, is going to uh, be the end of Mike McCarthy in Dallas. It's crazy to think that a guy can go 12-5 and five, three straight seasons and, not, and uh, get fired. But if you're not producing in the playoffs, I think that in today's day and age, you're going to get fired unless your name is Mike Tomlin which is another story. I think he's going to be there. But, of course, at least his excuse is he doesn't have a quarterback. With the Cowboys, you have Dak Prescott. But, again, an underprepared football team, that's what the Dallas Cowboys have been basically every time they've been in the playoffs since 2016. And you saw it again, and Mike McCarthy will be out of it. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Super Bowl team last season, the NFC champions. And uh, in this game, they came into it losing five of the last six. They posted hype videos say, saying that the last six games didn't define them. Well, they made no adjustments heading into Tampa. They got blitzed basically every single play. I think the final percentage was 55% of Jalen Hurts' plays that he dropped back in. He was pressured by a Buccaneer defender, which is insane. But they had absolutely no answers for it the whole game. And it comes down to, for some reason, at one point in the year, they were 10-1. and They lost back-to-back games to move on to 10-3, and and they fired or basically demoted their defensive coordinator. And then from there on out, it was just a downhill slide for the Philadelphia Eagles defense and I think that also caused some issues maybe even moving on to the offense because I think the team lost a lot of gel just realizing hey if we're 10 and 3 firing head coaches what does that mean for the players and now you're looking at Nick Sirianni who will be fired heading into next season in my opinion I think a lot of people's opinion is he's not going to stay 
because if you look back at it last year, his defensive coordinator, whenever he went to the Super Bowl, was Rich Gannon, who is now the Arizona Cardinals head coach. And his um, offensive coordinator is now the Colts head coach and Shane Steichen. So obviously a lot of that comes down to not the coaching ability of Nick Sirianni. It comes down to his previous offensive and defensive coordinators. This year, new offensive coordinator did terrible. Um, the most predictable offense in the NFL and the defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, was an offensive coordinator a year ago. He was the Lions head coach, brought them all the way back down after they got rid of Stafford or basically forced him to get rid of Stafford with how bad they were doing that the new head coach had to start over completely. And uh, now you're seeing, again, a guy like Matt Patricia tear down the Philadelphia Eagles defense, and it comes down to the veteran players. You should never see a veteran player like Kevin Byard or James Bradbury versus both guys that have been all pros at least once or twice in their career. doesn't matter their age. Missed two tackles on both 50-yard touchdowns for the Buccaneers on plays that they should have made right there. All they had to do was shove a five foot ten wide receiver out of bounds, and they couldn't even budge him a little bit. So in my opinion, the biggest collapse out of these two teams has to be the Dallas Cowboys because – or has to be the Philadelphia Eagles because the Dallas Cowboys, I think at this point, that's expected. The Dallas Cowboys are expected to go into the playoffs. It's a meme every year, but it's the truth. Haven't won a Super Bowl since the 90s. They've only competed since 2016. The Philadelphia Eagles collapse ended up losing six of the last seven, with one of those games being the New York Jets, another one being the New York Giants. I mean, just an awful collapse in games that they were giving up 31 points per game and barely scoring. Nine points to the Buccaneers this week, 0 for 9 on third downs, 0 for 2 on fourth downs, and 0 for 1 on a tush push on a two-point conversion. I think that's one of the biggest collapses we've probably seen in the last decade in the NFL because that's a Super Bowl contender. And as of no, as of November 29th of 2023, they were the top odds from the NFC to go back and go back to the Super Bowl and win the NFC Championship. And they collapsed in a month and a half from being that team to being outed in the in the first round of the playoffs this year against the Buccaneers, who obviously are playing with a lot of momentum right now, but they are not. Um, they are not a team that heading into last season, you would have told any Buccaneer fan that they would go and beat the Philadelphia Eagles in a playoff game that mattered. And uh, that's what we're seeing now. The Philadelphia Eagles will fire Nick Sirianni, and I think the Dallas Cowboys will fire uh, Mike McCarthy as a part of it. But the Eagles collapse, I think, is is just is too big to not pick as the top collapse out of those two teams. Yeah, and both teams, obviously, NFC East teams, both teams had really good seasons, but the Philadelphia Eagles did. As you said, they really struggled there down the stretch, got blown out Monday night football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that was really counted out from the start of the season with no Tom Brady, a rookie offensive coordinator, the same old Todd Bowles as a head coach, offensive line issues and questions surrounding who will start. Will this offensive line do anything? Can they run the football? Well, all those answers have somewhat been, all those questions have somewhat been answered. And with that being said, you know, to see the Buccaneers do what they did on Monday night, there was no excuse for that. It looked like the Philadelphia Eagles just did not want to be there. It almost looked like the guys were making business decisions. They were not in the game. Jalen Hurts also didn't look like he cared to be there either. He was just half-assing it um, and, and just didn't look that great on that safety. He just kept trotting back, just kept stepping back. And you got to be aware of the situation and who's around you and where you're at on the field. And he just wasn't. By the time he was, he went to go throw the ball away, intentional grounding in the end zone, which is the safety. The Bucks, I think, three or four plays later after the punt, scored a touchdown to Trey Palmer, the longest receiving touchdown in the postseason in franchise history for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, yeah, I know that some might argue, hey, Dallas, they lost their game at home. 
that's the bigger collapse. But in all reality, no, they still won 12 games. They were hot coming into the playoffs. They still competed against the Green Bay Packers after a very terrible first half. They still made it a close game, closer, I should say, against Green Bay over the weekend. But just all in all, a terrible performance by both teams. But Philadelphia, I just can't believe what I saw. Um, so many different guys and so many different situations in that locker room, too. And now you add on top of that, Jason Kelsey has retired. Uh, that's a huge blow. And, and what they're going to do at wide receiver, A.J. Brown obviously had an interesting year. Uh, he deleted his Twitter took all the photos off of his Instagram that related and were pertaining to the Philadelphia Eagles. He did not play on a Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I thought truly was going to help the Eagles. Sounds crazy, but he's been so much of a distraction. And at some point, it did feel like the Eagles could have clawed their way back into it if they wanted to. There was a bit of a lull there in the third quarter. The Eagles just couldn't do anything. They just didn't show up. They were you know, running the football successfully against the Bucs in week three. That was kind of their bread and butter all year round. Yet they did not run the football much at all there in that game on Monday night against Tampa Bay. So they went away from their own style. Jalen Hurts had a banged up middle finger, this finger right here, on his throwing hand and uh, did not play well whatsoever. It, it was frustrating to see. And Nick Sirianni, I know it's his first year without having his OC, his great OC from the year before and great DC, DC from the year before and defensive coordinator. But to see just that that drop-off after they took on the 49ers, it was almost like a reality check as in, hey, we thought we could compete for the NFC uh, division and maybe even show up in the Super Bowl to represent the NFC. But the 49ers were just that much better than I was. And, you know, I, I feel like maybe that just tore them apart, just that blowout loss. And it shouldn't, especially if you're a good team. But coming off of last year's Super Bowl loss, then having that happen this year against the 49ers, it just collapsed. It was absolutely brutal. And the team on the other side, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they looked really good. I do want to I do want to give credit where it's due with the Bucs and what they were able to do with the rushing attack and trying to get Rashad White involved and the defense playing really good on Monday night against Philadelphia. It almost reminded me of that Super Bowl in which they were breathing down Patrick Mahomes' neck all night long. Lots of pressure, lots of blitz packages. But I do want to say that a good bit of that does have to do with the fact that the Eagles were falling apart. They're wingless right now, and they just didn't look like they showed up to play. So I don't know how much I want to say, hey, you know, 60% Bucks dominate, 40% Eagles, or if it's 50-50 split as far as how the Bucks were able to dominate as they did on Monday night. Again, just blowing out Philadelphia at home in the wild card game. Uh, it was just interesting to see how the Bucks would dial up that game plan coming off of a loss against the Eagles in week three. And then to see them dominate 32 to 9, which we both had the Bucs winning coming into that game, Spence, but not like we saw on Monday night. Yeah, they absolutely dominated. And it comes back to Todd Bowles having probably his best coach game um, as, a, as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, probably since week one of the 2022 season, where the Bucs beat the Dallas Cowboys at home to start off the 2022 season. But again, I mean, an incredible, an incredible defensive game plan for the Buccaneers. They recognize that Jalen Hurts is not great under under pressure, and uh, that's exactly what he got the entire night. And the Eagles just absolute, absolute zero ability to adjust to the Buccaneers' blitz the entire game. And again, sitting in that two wide receiver personnel, even without AJ Brown, they were looking for the same stuff they've been looking for all season. But again, the Buccaneers were the prepared team. The Philadelphia Eagles were not. The Buccaneers' offense looked good. The Eagles' defense looked awful. And Baker Mayfield could have put up 400 yards passing easily on that Philadelphia Eagles' defense if 
Mike Evans holds in that 50-yard touchdown throw. If K. Dotton doesn't drop three passes, Mike Evans doesn't drop one more, and Rashad White dropped a 10-yard pass as well. But again, just an absolute great masterclass by the Buccaneers, and I don't think they should be discredited at all because now they go in to the NFC Divisional Round versus the Detroit Lions that we'll get into later. And I think they have a great chance right now. I think they opened up as negative six points as the underdogs in that game, which isn't terrible because you look over at the, uh, I think the Texans-Ravens is nine points. And then the 49ers game against the Packers is a 10-point favorite. So we'll see exactly how those two games go. But again, being the second worst or the or the third worst underdogs heading into the divisional round with only eight teams remaining and four and four games left in the season, that's a big that's a big W for the Buccaneers. And again, I do believe they have a great chance next week against the uh, Detroit Lions, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was exciting to see and to see Baker Mayfield do his thing and and witness his greatness because this guy he plays with that underdog mentality each and every game, and rightfully so. But this guy goes out, he gives it his all no matter what. He was banged up coming into this game. That was the whole storyline throughout the week. But he didn't seem to be banged up. He played really, really well, and uh, he was able to get the job done against a a pretty stacked defensive front there with the Philadelphia Eagles. So all in all, big win for the Buccaneers. They will advance to the divisional round here. And you look at these games this upcoming weekend, Spence. I mean, the list. These games, there's some stellar matchups. You've got C.J. Stroud, the Houston Texans against Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, Jordan Love and Brock Purdy go at it, Packers against 49ers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Detroit Lions on Sunday, and then the Buffalo Bills will host the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night in that nightcap game. So all in all, just several great matchups to be on the lookout for here this weekend. Should be great deals of fun in terms of, you know, who could win? Could there be any potential upsets? But these, these, besides the Bucs and the Texans, these are teams, maybe the Packers as well. These are all teams that I expected might be here in the playoffs come this time of year. Yeah, and I think it's, it's going to be four great games. I believe the Texans are better than what Vegas has them as negative nine points. I think the Packers, I mean, obviously the Cowboys are a great team. They went in there, the more prepared team, kind of like what the Buccaneers did. But the Cowboys are a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles were this year. And, and for the Packers to go in there, and do that, I think 10 points may be a little bit too much because it's going to come down to Brock Purdy not having a night like he did against the Ravens. Um, obviously, a big factor of that could be that Packers defense, but they really stepped up in the first round as well, a lot like the Buccaneers defense. They've been a little bit back and forth this year where the Packers have had one of the worst defenses in terms of, of yards given up uh, uh, through the air. So again, that's going to be a good game. And then you look over at the Buccaneers, they're going up against the Detroit Lions. That's a great one as well. And then the other AFC game is going to be one to every, I think everyone's going to tune into. And uh, which ones are Saturdays? Which one are Sunday? I know the Bucks and Lions are Sunday at 3 p.m. I get confused with that graphic because it goes left to right. On oh, the yeah. Tickets. Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills also on Sunday as the nightcap at 6.30. And then Saturday, Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens at 4.30, Packers at 49ers, 8.15. And without further ado, I think it's time that we, we pick these games, Spence, based on the spread because, again, Incredible matchups across the board, and this is going to be probably the most exciting playoff run I've seen in recent year, recent memory, because of guys like C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback with D'Amico Ryans, a rookie head coach doing his thing, Jordan Love stepping up and taking over as the quarterback there with the Green Bay Packers. But here we go. I mean, we're going to dive right into it. Houston Texans at Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens open up as nine-point favorites in this AFC Divisional game on Saturday. 
Yeah, Ravens are the home team. Obviously, negative nine um, is the spread in that one in terms of the Ravens are going to start that game off down nine points, and they're still going to win uh, by Vegas logic. But again, the Texans, I think, are a team that could shock. I obviously don't think that a rookie quarterback in today's day and age can go out there with, with basically, uh, yeah, it is a rookie head coach, a very young team. I think it would be pretty difficult for a rookie quarterback like C.J. Stroud. Obviously, he's one of the best rookies that we've seen in a, in a, in a hot minute to go down there to Baltimore and defeat the Baltimore Ravens. So, again, I'm going to stick with the Ravens in that game because I still believe they're a bug, uh, a buzzsaw in the NFL. But, again, that one week off has proven some difficulty for, for teams over the last couple of years, even though it is a thing that you want to get the first seed. That, that one week off could at least start you off slow in the first half of that game. So I think Ravens and Texans going to be a very close game in the first half, but I believe the Ravens – end up winning that one by seven to ten points so give me the ravens in that game i think strata has a good game but again i don't think a rookie quarterback is going to go into that type of hostile environment and uh win a playoff game to start off saturday's slate of divisional round games yeah and you know what i got to give props to the texans they really surprised me this is a team that pretty much every team had circled on their schedule coming into the year as an automatic dub. But with that being said, they proved this all wrong. D'Amico Ryans did his thing. C.J. Stroud has been an absolute baller. Um, I think that this is a humbling game for C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans on the road there in Baltimore. The Ravens 13-4, and four, having one hell of a season. They're my pick to not only make it to the NFC, or I should say to the Super Bowl, but also to win the Super Bowl this year. And, you know, I think this is a this is one of those games. It's a statement win here for Baltimore just to show how dominant they are. It's also kind of a gut check for Houston because they have shocked everybody. But I think Baltimore, I know it's a nine-point spread, Baltimore the favorite. I think they win by at least 10 points. I would not be shocked if they win by 14 or more here at home on Saturday. So that'll be a great matchup there between two electrifying quarterbacks. Then also to close out Saturday, the Green Bay Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers. Both teams coming off of what were really good seasons, all things considered, especially with a new quarterback in Jordan Love at the helm under center for Green Bay. The 49ers also open up as big favorites at home, nine-and-a-half-point favorites over the Green Bay Packers on Saturday. Yeah, um, in that game, I'm feeling – I think every Buccaneers fan is hoping that the Packers win that one. We see another NFC championship between the Buccaneers and the Packers if the Bucs can get past Detroit on Sunday. But, again – that's going to be a good one. I do believe Jordan Love is going to ball out in that game, but it's going to come down to just how good that 49ers defense can play at times. And again, as long as Brock Purdy protects the football against a, a subpar Packers defense, I've got Sam Fran kind of running away with that one in the late part of the game. I think that's probably a one-score game heading into the fourth quarter, but I think the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers are going to win that one by 10 points in Santa Clara, Cal uh, California. I just think that that's, that's too good of a spot for them. Obviously, they've got that one week of rest as well. But again, McCaffrey is banged up heading out of the regular season. He's going to be fully healthy. George Kittle will be fully healthy. The entire team's going to be there. And I think the 49ers are going to win that one by a little bit more convincingly than what the Ravens are going to do, are going to, do to the uh, Houston Texans. Now, Green Bay, they have won three in a row. Looking at their schedule and that they've been able to do as of late, they do come off that win against the Cowboys. They beat the Bears. Then they blew out the Vikings there late December. The 49ers are just too good, and I know that they're going to be ready to go. They've had some time off. They're going to be healthy. They're going to dominate this game. I will say, though, I think Green Bay with the backdoor cover. I don't know if San Francisco wins by 10 points in this game. I think they might win by 
seven. And I think that's where it's going to sit. But to say that they're going to win by 10, even though San Francisco is that dominant up and down the roster and on both sides of the ball, I feel as if Green Bay, they're on a roll right now, and I think they can truly compete and make this a game. However, I will take the 49ers to win, Green Bay to do a backdoor cover there on Saturday. And now right into Sunday's game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Detroit Lions. The Lions obviously ready to go. They are at home. They look to take on this Bucs team that's coming off of a huge win against Philadelphia. Looking at the spread, Lions six-and-a-half-point favorite now over the Buccaneers there in Ford Field there at Detroit. So I don't know how you're feeling about this game in regards to the spread, but again, Detroit six-and-a-half-point favorites over Tampa Bay on Sunday. Yeah, I think six points obviously is the second closest of any of these two games or any of these four games, I should say. But again, they only beat the, the Los Angeles Rams by one point, 24 to 23. I get there's a lot of emotions in the air regarding Matthew Stafford coming back to Ford Field, but a lot of penalties on Detroit. And I think that that Rams secondary really threw that game away. I, I saw them give up a second down and 25 on a 25-yard completion to Amon Ross Brown. I saw them give up a third down and 15 multiple occasions after false start penalties by that Lions offensive line. If the Buccaneers defense can play as good as they did on third down against the Philadelphia Eagles um, in this game, I've got the Buccaneers. And again, I was watching NFL Network last Sunday um, before the game started. They were talking about the Buccaneers um, and their defense, but they were also going back and looking at the Lions game. And this season, Jared Goff under pressure is the third worst quarterback in the NFL when he faces any bit of pressure. He's number one in the league in play action passes. But if the Buccaneers can pressure him and shut down the run game like they did against the Philadelphia Eagles, which I think is a pretty is is a good possibility with that defensive front that the Buccaneers have and how Kalijah Kansi played on Sunday against, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Buccaneers can do that again, I've got the Buccaneers in this one. I think it's going to be a three-point game. I may be a homer here, but of course, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers in this game. They're going to go into Ford Field. They're going to shock the Detroit Lions because guess what? Detroit hasn't been there. They haven't done that. That's their first playoff win in 30 years. Are they going to know how to handle themselves? Is Jared Goff going to play good against the pressure of the Buccaneers defensive front is going to force? Will the Buccaneers again defeat a team that's already defeated them this year, just like they did against Philadelphia last Sunday? I think that they do. Obviously, a 20-6 to loss for the Buccaneers the last time these two teams played. That game was in Tampa. Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback on the road, and if he plays better than he did against Philadelphia, the Buccaneers could run away with this game. I see it going in the direction of the Buccaneers. A three-point victory for Tampa Bay. I think Jared Goff is going to have a good game, but I'm calling it right now an Antoine Winfield interception, and the Buccaneers win that one by three points on the final drive. Yeah, you know, I like it. I like it a lot. Not only do you have the Bucks proving everybody wrong, but winning the game there in Detroit on Sunday. My gut feeling says the Buccaneers also win this game. And I've picked against the Buccaneers plenty of times. I know everybody back home in Blairsville will think, oh, he's a homer, oh, this or that, oh, he sounds like a Bucks fan. That's not the case. I've picked against the Buccaneers plenty of times this year. I've been wrong whenever they won. I've been wrong whenever they lost. It does not matter. I'm taking the Bucs to win this game. I'm going to go 24-20 against Detroit. 24-20, Tampa Bay prevails on the road. We'll see how that shakes out. But it should be exciting. I would not be shocked, of course, if Detroit did win the game. They are expected to win. But Tampa Bay, they are hot right now. They want this badly, and that defense is playing so, so good. All right, and also, these two teams have already played once this year. I really like a team's chances. When you have to play the same team twice in a season – it's not really typical to see the team win 
both matches, especially when these two teams are evenly matched as they are heading into this game on Sunday. The final game, the nightcap, Kansas City Chiefs at Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, and go. Yeah, uh, we saw this game, what was that, two years ago now? Probably one of the best playoff games of all time, and the Bills were not given a chance in that one with the Chiefs winning the coin toss. And basically, I think it was like a four- or five-play drive where the Bills' defense just completely collapsed in that one. But again, this is going to be the best game of the week by far, in my opinion. I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs are just a different team. And this time, I see Josh Allen making it past the divisional round against this Ooh. Kansas City Chiefs team. I don't think the Chiefs are, are that good of a team still. Obviously, a great game by them last week. But, I mean, the weather con conditions in that game against a Miami team were just awful. You kind of felt for the Miami Dolphins in that one. They were stunned. They were they were like a lizard in the uh, in the winter time in Tampa, Florida, whenever oh, it gets no. below 40 degrees. They froze. Oh. They fell out of the tree, and that's exactly what we saw last week. But, again, wasn't it that the bad. Chiefs played that, that bad, good? Bad. I don't think it was the Chiefs that played that good. I think it was the Dolphins just being stunned the second they stepped off that plane in Kansas City, Missouri. So give me the Buffalo Bills in this game. I'm not sure what the spread is. I'm sure it's within three points with how these two teams have played this year. They both had some cold streaks, but recently they're on pretty good hot streaks. But Josh Allen last week, obviously it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their defense isn't bad. I think people would be picking them a little bit more if TJ Watt would have played in that game and they beat him by 14. But again, Give me the Buffalo Bills in a game that they win by four points against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Mahomes makes a mistake late in that one, and the Bills win it. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think that it'll be one of those that you look back on in a few years and say, hey, remember that time when blank, remember this game? I think Josh Allen is playing too good right now. And, yes, he does turn over the football, but this guy's a winner. It is at home there in Buffalo. They do have that home field advantage that's unlike any other. It's going to be exciting. And I feel as if this is the team that we've all been waiting to see from Buffalo. Yeah, they've had their ups and downs this year. But when they're playing their best football, this is a team that can make some serious noise here in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be able to win this game against Kansas City. The Chiefs have so many question marks at wide receiver. Justin Watson is, I think, second or third. He is third in receiving yards on the team. This guy played for the Buccaneers. He was practically a nobody. No shot directed at him whatsoever. And now he's their third best receiver because – Really, there's not much consistency there in Kansas City in that wide receiver corpse. I, again, will take the Buffalo Bills to win this football game. And the spread being two and a half Buffalo, I think they win by six. I think they win by six points here on Sunday night to close it out. But real quick, before I round out the pot on my end, Spence, I want to say, you know, yesterday my girlfriend was watching the game, keeping up with it, and she was upset at one point. She's like, hey, what the heck is going on? Nothing's happening. Why aren't they scoring any points, you know, around the third quarter when everything was in a lull? And she said, you know, I'd go run the football in myself if I had to. Nothing is happening. What the flip are they doing? Just standing there? Just grab the freaking ball and run. So, uh, and then I'm telling you, maybe, maybe like four minutes later, the Buccaneers get the safety and then they throw the touchdown pass to Trey Palmer. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what are the chances of that? That was so cool. Uh, but ultimately, a huge win there for the Buccaneers. And again, just exciting here in Tampa Bay. I'm at WDA Studio in Tampa, iHeartMedia Tampa Bay. Producer Bronny T. Crash Show. Spencer up in North Georgia. Is this snowing up there right now? Uh, they told us we were supposed to get two inches of snow. It barely snowed at all. Uh, it is 20 degrees outside right now, and it feels like 10. But again, um, I was watching the game with Nia, of course, and I've I've been around her a little bit more. So I've got to, I've got to teach her some football knowledge that you'll get to teach Lily a little bit soon from now on. But 
She called that one. She predicted that one. But there was one point in that game for the Buccaneers. They had the ball on offense, and she called that the Philadelphia Eagles were at a cover four front. And she what? said, throw it underneath. And they, threw the, they threw the ball on that crosser to David Moore for a 50-something-yard touchdown. And I was perplexed. Wow. So the Madden knowledge has gotten to her as well. And the Buccaneers, with a great performance. And so far, uh, with my Baker Mayfield anger run shirt that I got for Christmas from her, we're 2-0. and I wore it during the Panthers game. And I wore it down during the Eagles game. And I'm not watching it until the Buccaneers oh, lose the game. So I've got it. I've got it ready. I've got it just sitting there, folded up by my bed. And I'll bust it out on Sunday again. All right, man. Well, that's great. Yeah, crazy to hear. You know, it's cool to see that she's keeping up with football. I guess both of our significant others are. That's really neat, bro. And a heck of a win on Sunday. I should say Monday. Hopefully we could say heck of a win here on Sunday as well. But again, thank you guys for following TCM Pod at TCM Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the whole nine yards. Also follow Spencer at L Savage Spence and at the Chris Mathis as well. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.